Hi, I'm Gary, and this is episode 165 of EV Musings, a podcast about renewables, electric vehicles, and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On the show today, we'll be looking at pricing for charging, what's there, how things change, and what we might expect as we move forward. This season of the podcast is sponsored by ZapMap, the free-to-download app that helps EV drivers search, plan, and pay for their charging. Before we start, I wanted to let you know that we'll be talking about EV insurance in an upcoming episode. There's lots of different factors that go into the pricing of an EV premium, and I'll be speaking to an insurance specialist to help you understand how you can maximize coverage while minimizing premiums. Our main topic of discussion today is the price of charging. Uh, Just as a disclaimer before we start, I mentioned specific prices for specific charge point operators in this episode. All prices were correct at the time this episode was recorded, early 2023, but may have changed by the date the episode is released or if you're listening to this episode via the archive. Charging pricing is a hot topic at the moment. Remember, it wasn't too long ago that energy prices in the UK were so cheap that Octopus Energy actually had negative pricing at some point during the night. When usage was low and generation was high, those on the agile Octopus tariff would see the prices drop to a negative figure overnight, meaning they they could charge their cars and get paid for doing so. Fast forward a relatively short number of months and we find that Osprey Charging increased their public charging price to £1 per kilowatt hour. It's since been dropped, fortunately, it's now 79 pence a kilowatt hour. So there's obviously some volatility here when it comes to the price we pay for electricity. Obviously, if you have home charging, the price, even if it is higher than you were paying before, is going to be cheaper than public charging. Unless you're one of those who finds free chargers and camps on them until you're at 100%. And we'll come back to you a little later in the show. So today I want to look at pricing for charging, what's out there, and how things might change as we move forward. The first thing to say is that public charging, whether it's rapid, fast or slow, is never free. You might not be paying for it, but someone is. It might be there to incentivize you to use a particular store. It might be included in the price of something else, or it might be completely paid for by a third party charity, Zero Carbon World, for example. But regardless of that, charging is never free. It can't be. The companies who install the units need to be paid, the electricity needs to be paid for, and the company running them has overheads to cover. Up until quite recently, the Podpoint charges at Tesco were free to use, but the costs for this were being absorbed by Tesco themselves. They recently caused all sorts of uproar by deciding to start charging for them. At the moment, they're variously around 28 pence a kilowatt hour. It's very cheap in the big scheme of things, and for some people such as me, it's still cheaper than charging at home during the day. Despite that, public charging will generally be more expensive than home charging. The thing to remember about pricing is that with very, very few exceptions, all the charge point operators are commercial entities. That means they're in this to make money. With the high cost of charger installs, Ian Johnson from Osprey Charging told us recently on this podcast that they spent a quarter of a million pounds just digging the road up to lay cable for their hub in Croydon, South London. So you can imagine that they would charge sky-high prices if they could. 
But coupled with that, there's also the fact that if the pricing gets too expensive, it becomes a burden on those without home charging and it starts to erode the price differential between charging an electric vehicle and fueling a diesel car. In fact, under certain tariffs for certain charge point operators in certain low efficiency EVs, I'm looking at you, Audi e-tron, the cost per mile is more than the cost per mile on a fossil fuel car, which is awful. But at the end of the day, all EV drivers want hubs with lots of units, redundancy, reliability, high power charging, and good facilities. So CPOs are trying to balance the need to make a profit with the need to keep pricing low. But at the moment, they've been buffeted by the rising energy prices worldwide, and pricing is both high and volatile. Recently, however, we've seen a number of things occurring that might be of interest. As previously mentioned, Osprey charging dropped their tariffs down from £1 per kilowatt hour to 79 pence per kilowatt hour. Much better than the higher rate, but still considerably more expensive than previously. BP Pulse recently dropped their pricing by 10 pence a kilowatt hour for rapid charging. Their top pricing, ultra rapid charging using contactless, went from 79 pence a kilowatt hour to 69 pence a kilowatt hour. They said it was due to the government's energy bill relief scheme, EBRS, which was, which was launched to support businesses through the energy crisis. How long this will last? I don't know. But one thing I'm starting to see with some companies is prices that match the current wholesale rate. In Europe, for example, Fastnet have dropped their prices on a monthly basis when the underlying price of electricity has dropped. Obviously, that relies on them having hedged the prices in advance to capture a good deal. Tesla has started doing that. Their rates have moved every month since October. Their more recent moves have dropped non-Tesla charging prices down to around 45 pence a kilowatt hour in the UK off peak, which is very, very cheap. From there, it's just a small logical step to link in the charge price to the actual current market price of electricity through spot pricing. When Kempower CEO Tommy Ristamaki was on the podcast, I asked him whether the Kempower units could deal with spot prices. He told me there are companies in Finland already doing that. When you connect your vehicle, the system picks the current spot price for electricity, adds a small profit margin, and that's what you pay. This is being positioned as good for the consumer and good for the charge point operator. The logic goes like this. When electricity was lower in price, your charge point operator was making a lot of profit from you as they were charging much higher prices than they were paying. Conversely, when prices are high, the charge point operator is losing money on every charge. With spot pricing, the customer never suffers from big differences between what the CPO charges and what they pay. This is both fair and equitable. However, the devil's in the details. If you charge for more than 30 minutes at a time, say on a 7 kilowatt unit, your tariff will be made up of two or more spot prices, which may be considerably different in level. The example that was given was uh, when the first hour was charged at one pence a kilowatt hour and the second was charged at five pence a kilowatt hour. In reality, at the moment, if spot prices for electricity are used, there is a chance you could be paying over a pound a kilowatt hour for your charge. You'll also not have any control over what the cost is until you've been charged at the end of your session. But the falsehood in this positioning is that the charge point operators are making profit. The truth is that there is a contribution which is going from each kilowatt hour sold to the company. This might be less than has been paid for the electricity. Almost none of the companies are making money on their pricing. 
What this move does is to make it so that every kilowatt hour makes them a profit. The customers charge a variable, sometimes incredibly high price, and they have no idea what the price they will pay is going to be until they finish their charge. But what's also happened with Tesla and one or two other CPOs, as I already mentioned, is that they've started to implement time of day tariffs. Time of day tariffs are, as you would expect, tariffs which change according to the time of day. The Tesla have opted to increase tariffs at peak times. Other companies have opted to reduce the price you pay for charging off-peak. Octopus Energy have partnered with Electric Universe to offer 20% off your charge when you use any Osprey charger via the Octopus Electric Universe app or card between 7pm and 11pm. Fast charge operator Chargey has implemented nighttime rates. A night rate of 29 pence a kilowatt hour applies from midnight to 7am and a day rate of 65 pence a kilowatt hour applies from 7am to midnight. So there is the ability to manage these things and I can see this improving as more and more operators start to look at their tariffs and how they're both charged for and price their electricity. So let's go back and talk free charging, shall we? Tesco recently announced that their free pod point charging was going to be stopped. As usual, there were lamentations across social media about the price of charging increasing and people bemoaning the fact that this is a bad thing because it would be more expensive to run an EV as a result. And we've talked before on this show about free charging right back in episode 20 on the very first round table. In that show, Sussex EV Club and EV Nexus leader at the time, Neil Roberts, was asked about his thoughts on free charging. Well, I have an opinion. Uh, <laughs> I very much am of the opinion that I want to see investment into charging infrastructure. And investment into the infrastructure will only happen if, if they become close to self-funding. These charge points have to be able to make a profit so that the people installing them can have enough money to put more in. So I would much rather see far fewer free charging points and a lot more paid charging points as long as the payment is not over the top. I align with his thoughts, even though this was from a few years ago and refers to Ecotricity, who no longer play in this arena. The other problem with free charging is that it promotes the wrong behaviour. Firstly, the old adage of if it's free, you won't treat it the same as if you pay for it applies here. How many times have you been given a free ticket to something then decided at the last minute not to go, and because you hadn't paid for it, you feel okay doing so. How many times have you received something from a trade show or an exhibition and thrown it away or given it away because it's not really your sort of thing? A squeezable sponge model of a 1960s AA recovery van, anyone? If you have to pay for it, you will value it more, and that certainly applies to electric vehicle charging. I regularly hear complaints from people about broken chargers or screens not working or low charge rates from people using one of these higher price charge point operators. If I'm paying 60p, 70p, £1 per kilowatt hour, I want a charger that works and pumps out power at the correct speed. But if it's free and it's slow, hey, so what? There might be a problem with a charger, but as long as I can get it to work or move to the adjacent one, I'm not bothered. After all, it's not costing me anything other than time, right? Recently, a survey of Charge Place place Scotland chargers, where a large number of them are free to use, pointed to one in four being faulty after spot checks. Are we surprised? Well, I'm not. And then there's also the 4% issue. 
For those of you who don't know, one in 25 of us, i.e. about 4%, exhibits some level of sociopathic tendencies. And this means they interpret the rules slightly differently to what a non-sociopathic individual would do. Take the Tesco charges, for example. VW put these in at Tesco primarily so that people who were shopping there could get a free charge while they shop. Tesco paid for the electricity on the understanding that they would earn increased income because people came to that store to charge for free. Anecdotally, I know of people who have moved from alternate grocery chains to Tesco for exactly that reason, which is good. But there are also those who will look at that who will look at it and say, well, that's free charging and I'm going to use it. They may not shop at Tesco. They may even have their own charger at home. But if it's a choice between using and paying for their own electricity or leaving their car at Tesco for a few hours while it charges and costs them nothing, guess what they'll do? Again, anecdotally, I know of people who drive to Tesco's, plug their car in, then walk home and wait for a couple of hours while the car charges. Then they go back to retrieve their car. They have no intention of of shopping at Tesco. But I get my grocery delivered by Tesco, so that's okay, right? Well, no. You're not using your EV to shop for groceries. You're not needing a charge. So why would you feel the need to use the chargers? I know of taxi drivers who will go and sit in the Tesco car park for two hours using the free electricity. After all, if the cost of charging is coming off your profits, why wouldn't you choose free charging, right? Tesco chargers can hit 11 kilowatt charging. That means something like an MG5 with a battery capacity of 58 kilowatt hour usable can charge from, say, 30% to 80% in about three and a half hours for free. But I would reiterate again that this is not free charging. James McKemmy from Podpoint was on the podcast recently, and he specifically said that the free charging is being paid for by the hosts who are using it as an incentive to come and use their stores. He also said that if a Podpoint charger does cost a charge, that fee is decided by the hosts, not by Podpoint themselves. Yeah, and, and of course that, that comes down to, to the host's decision. Um, they may think may, may feel that, well, if we put those charges there free, um, then we are attracting trade to our, to our site uh, and the overhead of electricity, et cetera, going through that is worth it. And, and that's their decision. And when we're very happy to work with that. Now, if they start to set a fee, uh, typically we'll, we'll take a margin of, of that, of that uh, fee and we have a, a, an individual, individual agreement with each site. So somebody is paying for your free charging. If you were a taxi driver and somebody asked you to take them to the airport and didn't pay you, you'd be furious. But you take your family to the airport and they don't pay you isn't a suitable comeback. Neither is, but you took my old boss to the airport every week and he didn't pay you. No, but he had an account and his bill was set up by the company. So why would you expect free charging? But what about people who can't charge at home? I hear you cry. Can't they use the free chargers? Sure, of course they can. Destination charging is an appropriate use of these charges. It's what they were designed for. But to expect to have your electricity given to you for free when there are others paying anything up to 50 pence a kilowatt hour at home doesn't sit right with me. Shop around and find the cheapest by all means, but don't go crying on social media when your free electricity suddenly isn't free anymore. If we were to reframe this a little, we could see the absurdity of it all. If someone came to you and said, I used to run an internal combustion engine car and paid anything up to £2 a litre, £9 a gallon for fuel. But I switched to an EV and the company that was providing me free electricity to charge 
He's now wanting to put the price up to 28 pence a kilowatt hour and I'm furious. Can you see how silly that sounds? Yet I seriously saw at least one person on Twitter lamenting the fact that they couldn't afford to pay for their EV now because Tesco are charging for power. Their lament was, don't the government want poor people to have EVs? An interesting perspective. Nobody gives out free petrol. But if somebody makes a poor financial decision to buy an EV because the free electricity makes it viable, then their decision making is a little suspect. Why would you do that? More importantly, why would you say that this is taking EV ownership out of the hands of poor people? So how much should it cost to charge? Well, that's a great question. Traditionally, charging has fallen into different price brackets according to different criteria. BP Pulse, for example, have nine different prices for a kilowatt hour of electricity. The price varies according to what speed you're charging and what payment method you're using. So a seven kilowatt charge with their subscription will cost a lot less than a 150 kilowatt charge using contactless ad hoc payment, despite the fact that you're getting the same kilowatt hour of electricity in each case. Is that the right way to do things? Maybe, maybe not. It certainly incentivizes people to move to the subscription model, which is what BP Pulse were looking for at the time. As I mentioned earlier, Osprey charging went to one pound a kilowatt hour at one point last year, but have since dropped it back to the high 70s, 79 pence a kilowatt hour. Most of the top rated charge point operators are at or around a similar level with only a few pence difference between them. The problem with this is that it brings EV charging up to a level that's on a par with fueling an ICE vehicle. Given that I can charge at home for much less than that, it does raise equity issues when it comes to those who cannot charge at home. I pay around seven and a half pence a kilowatt hour overnight on off-peak rates. Podcast founder Simon, who has no home charging, was paying public charging rates for the same electricity. He could pay up to 79 pence a kilowatt hour, although in practice, he'll go to somewhere that has a lower price and a slower charge rate and charge there. It's still a lot more than I'm paying for the same kilowatt hour of energy. Plus, if he wants a rapid charge, he's back to the local Osprey or Instavolt and paying 70 pence plus per kilowatt hour. Uh, full disclosure, Simon is now subscribed to an Onto EV, which gives him inclusive charging as part of his subscription package. So he's now more concerned with getting the quickest or best charge rather than the cheapest. Could a CPO come in and substantially undercut the market rate? Yes and no. In theory, GridServe should be able to provide electricity at a rate that's lower than the market because they're also an energy generator. Their high power charging at both their electric highway locations and their electric forecourt is currently around 10 pence a kilowatt hour lower than similar CPOs such as Instavolt or MFG. But the only way that somebody can come in and charge substantially less is if the cost was being subsidized somewhere else. And this is what happened with the Bonnet app that was launched last year. They were offering substantial discounts on charge costs for several networks, including Osprey Charging and Ionity. When I spoke to Ian Johnston from Osprey, I asked him whether they were offering discounts to Bonnet, and he told me... So again, without being able to talk about the specifics commercially, there are businesses who, of course, at any point in time can choose to subsidise certain campaigns to, to bring new members on board. From our perspective, we have one standard price that we, we provide to whether you're you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith sit at the charger or whether you're you know, Joe Boggs corporate. But uh, from a competition law perspective, we're not able to determine and fix 
uh, what our, our roaming partners charge. So in the case of Bonnet, that was coming out of their initial marketing budget and was unsustainable, which is why they've now changed their offering and removed these substantial discounts. So let's do a bit of summing up. Pricing is one of those things that has a serious positive or negative effect on EV drivers. Some are punished through not having home charging and having to find cheap public charging. Some can do home charging at a reasonable overnight rate, but are also having to pay high prices for public rapid charging, often at a higher price per mile than diesel. But cheaper destination charging and time of day tariffs on public charging are bringing that differential down and making things a little easier for certain people, which is always good. It's time for a cool EV or renewable thing to show to your listeners. Britain's Arc Aerosystems, formerly Samad Aerospace, has put forth its vision for a cost-effective, low-carbon solution to intercity travel. The hybrid linked P9 promises to be comparably sized helicopters on range, speed and operating cost. The airframe is somewhat of a mashup between a plane, a helicopter and a gyroplane. The nine-seat cabin is distinctly helicopter-esque, but it runs a slim 41.3-foot main wing with a pair of six-foot-six pusher props hanging off the back, as well as a sizable tail wing and fins. The Lynx P9 uses an electric motor to spin the top rotor up fast enough for vertical takeoff and landing, where gyroplanes typically need some airspeed to get off the ground. The top rotor might be electric, but the pusher props will run 370-kilowatt turbo engines. Arc says these will run on sustainable aviation fuel <laughs> or potentially be replaced by a hydrogen fuel cell powertrain at some point. <sighs> Not ideal, but, you know, it's a start. It's capable of a maximum cruise speed of 230 miles an hour, a speed which has only ever been pipped by one traditional helicopter, the Eurocopter AS365 Dauphin. Another one for the let's keep an eye on this in future fire. The EV Musings podcast is sponsored by ZapMap. A few years ago, ZapMap heard a message come in loud and clear from EV drivers across the country. Make paying for charging simple. In light of this, ZapPay was launched with a mission to sign up all the key networks across the UK. The payment solution is a simple way to pay for electric car charging across networks from within the ZapMap app. As a single app payment solution, ZapPay avoids the hassle of using multiple apps across different networks. It also means that EV drivers can search, plan, and pay for charging all within one app. Use ZapPay and you'll also be able to view your charging history, receive live status updates while away from your vehicle, and download receipts. On-street charging provider Connected Curb is the latest to go live on ZapPay. It's the eighth charging network to come online with ZapPay, following Osprey, ESB Energy, Chargy, GeniePoint, Mer, MFG EV Power, and Fastnet. Even better, you can now use both Apple Pay and Google Pay on ZapPay. This means that more than 5,000 ZapPay charging devices across the UK are currently Apple Pay and Google Pay enabled, as well as being able to search for charge points, plan longer journeys, and share updates with other EV drivers. Using ZapPay means you can quickly and easily pay for EV charging on all eight networks up and down the UK. Expect further announcements and completed integrations with ZapPay in the coming weeks and month. Charge My Street is next to go live with ZapPay, with more networks lined up for the months beyond. And that's the show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact me, I can be emailed at evmusings at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at MusingCV. If you want to support the podcast and newsletter, please consider contributing to becoming an EV Musings patron. The link's in the show notes. 
Don't want to sign up for something on a monthly basis? If you enjoyed this episode, why not buy me a coffee? Go to coffee.com slash evmusings and you can do just that. Takes Apple Pay too. ko-fi.com slash evmusings. I have a couple of ebooks out there if you want to read something on your Kindle. <laughs> so you've gone electric. It is available on Amazon Worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent, and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. So you've gone renewable is also available on Amazon for 99p, and it covers installing solar panels, a storage battery, and the heat pump. Why not check them both out? Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. It's available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it helps raise visibility and extend our reach in search engines. If you've reached this part of the podcast and are still listening, thank you. Why not let me know you've got to this point by tweeting me at MusingCV with the words, it was one pound a kilowatt hour not long ago. Hashtag, if you know, you know. Nothing else. Thanks as always to my co-founder, Simon. You know, now that he's no longer paying for charging separately to running his EV, he's starting to change his view a little on which CPOs he likes to use. So I asked him what his thoughts were on companies like BP Pulse and Charge Your Car. He told me, well, I have an opinion. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.